You're listening to the Converging Paths podcast, brought to you by Barakat Trust, with the support of the Al Tajir Trust and the Aga Khan Trust for Culture. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of the Converging Paths podcast. We're very happy to have Farah Darakhshani, Director of the Aga Khan Award for Architecture. Welcome, Farah. Um, it's lovely to have you with us. Thank you, um, sir. And we're very excited about the upcoming award ceremony next week. So I wondered if you could tell us just briefly, uh, for the benefit of those who don't know the Aga Khan Award, what it is and what defines it. The Aga Khan Award for Architecture is one of the oldest international, let, let me say, awards, uh, architecture awards, which were established in 1977. And the first round of the awards were given in 1980. So that's 42 years ago. That is given to projects which are completed, they're in use, and they are having an impact on the quality of life of the people who are live there. They use it. That is what the world is. It is $1 million every three years. It's given to five, six projects, and it goes through a process, which is a very rigid process, which I can explain to you later. Thank you. And can you explain its relationship to the Muslim world? The Arkan Award for Architecture from day one was created to address the needs and aspirations of the Muslim societies. Well, one can say in 1970s, and Muslims were mostly, but they were living in a number of countries. Well, as we can see today, there are Muslim societies all over the world. So we are not defining to Islamic countries where the, the word is used, but we are talking about Muslim societies. And this was a, one of the conditions of this award from the very beginning. Which has meant, for example, that some projects... I know in France and in other European countries have won the Aga Khan Award because they are somehow related to Muslim communities and Muslim culture, even though they're in Europe and the West, right? Well, the whole thing is how you want to define which community is Muslim or not Muslim. If you go to, by population or percentage, let's say in France, you've got six, five, six, seven million Muslims living there in France. If you go to India, India has got 150 million Muslims, but they're only 11%. Uh, so then you've got... Uh, a number of countries in the Persian Gulf, for example, that out of the population, the majority of the people who live there, not the people who've got the passport, they're not Muslim. So the definition of what is a Muslim society is very difficult. But what it is important is we're not talking about people of a faith, we're talking about the culture, we're talking about the Muslim culture. So Muslim culture has got impact on other faiths and other ways of living as well. That's why that it can be in France, in Austria, in Copenhagen, wherever. If it has any relationship or an impact on the Muslims who live there or their heritage. Yeah, I remember a project in Copenhagen, which was a public space, a public park, which won the Aga Khan Award a few years ago because it brought together Muslim and non-Muslim communities living side by side in Copenhagen. Is that an example of what you mean? That's a very good example. Reason is that it was like many other places in the world. Usually the areas which are a positive cities are for the, you know, the lesser income people, which in all cities have existed. When there were migrations, usually the migrants go there. So you come to the neighborhoods in many cities, which are on the periphery sometimes, or even in the middle city, which are places that's impoverished, they're not rich enough, they don't have money. They become the target. These communities, the migrants first go there. But very interesting, sometimes the communities, they don't communicate with each other. The minorities have got this tendency of not acting together. And here we see in 
Copenhagen, how 60 communities living in that area, Muslims and non-Muslims, with this project, somehow they got together. They started using a common place, the public space which was there. Everybody had a sense of belonging, and that's where interaction starts. And the Muslim communities, some of them, were some of the leaders in those communities. So when you think about the significance of the award, apart from the fact that it's very well established and it's a very prestigious and there's a very large sum of award money, what do you think really makes it significant? If you were to think what makes you proud to be the director of such an award, what would it be? Um, the first thing is that I think that this award somehow has proven in the past 40 years that it has an impact on the quality of life of people. So people are very important. It's not an architecture which is only bricks and mortars. It's an architecture for human beings. People live in it. This is the most important thing. And not only that, I think that all the intellectual discourse which goes behind the Arkansas architecture, it has contributed to changing the international architectural discourse. It is not something which is apart, but it has been very proactive in bringing these social issues into architecture. What I'm saying is very important to make sure that people understand that we're not talking about only about slum upgrading or about architecture poor, etc. No, we have been giving awards to skyscrapers. We've been awards to the most advanced technologies in buildings. We've given to airports, to culture centers. So it is not something which is just for the deprived. It is an award which talks about architecture and puts architecture as an agent of change. That is important. Next week, as you recognize the 15th cycle of the award, I mean, that's a very long period to be thinking about social change and social impact and the impact of architecture in the built environment. What, if anything, defines this cycle of the award and its priorities? And One of the, one of the things I should say that I'm proud of, that it has got a solid foundation in the system, which has always been been relevant to its time. This is because that you know the steering committee members and the jury members they change all the time, and so the, it's, it's not a stagnant system. It's a system which goes and adapts itself, and it's answering questions of that moment. You know, let's say 40 years ago, the people's requests, the people's concerns were very different to today. Today, we can see that how these projects that have won the award are reflecting some of the ideas and, and aspirations of today, and that's what the theme of inclusivity has become very important. So we've just published a book called The Inclusive Architecture. An architecture which is bringing people together, an architecture which embraces the differences. And that is one of the important themes of this cycle. And thinking of someone who doesn't know much about architecture and doesn't really think about it every day, how do you think architecture can really make a difference? Architecture is one of the very few disciplines which touches all different levels of society. You live in a house, you work in an office building or a factory, you go shopping in a shopping mall, you go to cinema, you go to school, university, you get sick, you go to hospital. All of these, there are structures which contain activities that it's our daily life. So in a way, people are aware of the built environment around them. The whole thing is that how much that impacts them. Sometimes you have architecture awards, others who point that what's good and what's bad. And some people feel it, then they will understand it better. That's if the space that they are using, if it's a good space or a bad space. And then this will also help in people asking for a better environment. This is one of the goals of the award, is to tell people that you don't need to be 
happy with what you've given. You can ask for better from whoever is doing the billing for you. Unfortunately, because of, let's say, lack of knowledge, not because, you know, bad intentions, some decision makers, some clients do not ask the right questions from the architects. And that's why a lot of energy, money, human economic resources are spent for certain projects. And at the end of the day, they do not achieve what they were, the ideas they had. And it's because of lack of knowledge. So when people are asking and if the clients are responsible to answer those questions, those aspirations, then we will certainly have a better environment, built environment. Would it be fair to say that award-winning projects reflect a healthy relationship between the clients and the architects and a group of other people involved in producing buildings and spaces? Definitely. First of all, as safety all know better than anyone, architecture is not the work of one person, even if it's an architect's house for himself. So you've got contractors, you've got civil engineers, you've got uh, social scientists, you name it, they're all involved in making a project, making a building. The role of the architect is how to be able to come with a design and also to make sure that all these groups work in harmony and they become complementary. And this role is given to the architect. One can see in some parts of the world, because of certain regulations, they do not let the architects play that role. And those are the countries sometimes you see that the quality of the buildings are not as good as the other ones, which that role is better defined. You mentioned at the beginning that the award is given to projects and you stressed the word projects. And I wondered if you could clarify, I think this links to what you're talking about, about many different people producing a good project. Can you explain more about that and what the award actually looks for? If it's in a simple way, let's say, when you think about the project, it means like a house. A box and you don't look at public spaces as a project as such you don't look at upgrading as such restoration and conservation is not seen as such so there are different when we're talking about the project is that it is an idea which gets realized this is a project and that idea that program can be very small and a small extension a room to a house or it could be huge housing complexes or airports or whatever so that is where the word projects are so I go back always to an example, what happened in 1980, that was 40 years ago. In those days when I was going to school of architecture, you know, architecture was seen as only a building. And that was the word architecture, what it meant. Today, it's, this perception has totally changed. When the Arkan Award for Architecture was announced in 1980 and first of all there were number 15 projects and in between you had got slum upgrading in Indonesia you had projects built by mud and you know, earth architecture which was not considered as architecture you had these towers water towers in Kuwait that were considered totally engineering and not architecture. You had restoration programs in Iran, etc. that at those days, restoration was considered as archaeology. It was not architect's work. So it was the first time that the architects around the world, when they saw all these things together, the meaning of architecture changed a bit, that all these activities all of these are projects. You cannot come and define a project as just one building which has got starts from day one and ends in day three. Some of these projects are ongoing for years and years and years, and it is a matter of continuity, a search, and always to make it better than the, the way that they've been before. Thanks. And I know from experience that yours is a very rigorous process of filtering ideas and suggestions to come up with a winning list of only five or six projects today. Can you just briefly tell our audience what that process is and what makes it so successful? First of all, we 
this we're giving to projects which are completed and in use. So this is one element is important. We have got a, a network of around a thousand people around the world that on voluntary basis, they inform us of good projects. There are, these are architects, academics, journalists, people in the government, different people which we know that they're involved in the built environment in their own countries and internationally. So we receive nominations and nomination process is confidential. We never say who nominated what. When the projects come, they're documented and this documentation, uh, which is uh, itself has got uh, another meaning because we're creating knowledge because all this material that we've received are that later used for this dissemination. Uh, the projects are looked at by the, the jury and an independent jury. They go and make a shortlist. Now, this like this cycle in the 2002 cycle, we had 463 projects from I don't know 88 60 countries, and then the jury had to choose 20 projects. When you shortlist 20 projects out of 460, it means each of these projects has got a merit on its own. Then here we have got another step, which is very unique to only the Arkanov architecture, and some sometimes been uh, done before, uh, I mean, in other places as well, that we send an expert to go and see the projects from a totally different point of view. It means that you're sending a project, you're not looking only from the construction or from the architectural uh, you know, proportions or the quality of space. No, you're looking at the project, how it's been used, what people think about it, what does the users say about it, what are the other people in that country talk about it, know about it. So all these are are put into a, in a very rigorous way by a team of experts, and then are they are presented to the jury, and then the jury will make a decision. Now, on top of that, what we have is another layer, which is that we announce the 20 projects before the jury meets in case there are any shortcomings, any additional material that the public through social media, through internet, etc., can tell us. That's why, I mean, I, I do believe that our system is almost perfect. It's never, nothing is perfect, but we can make sure we've got these all these uh, levels of checking that if it's true or not just to give an example sometimes you might go even the expert goes for three four days in another country uh, talks to the architects and clients etc then when it's published all of a sudden someone else comes oh wait i was also had a role in this project but that person that you showed you the project didn't mention me so this will give us the assurance that we have really covered the project inside out and then the jury after a month and a half that this has been in public, announced publicly, they will sit down and listen to the um, reports of the, the reviewers and select the six, five, six that they have to select. Yeah, it's been interesting. Having been involved in the process as a reviewer, one of the things that I found most fascinating was trying to understand how to share the credit for a project, because you often find that the person that came up with an idea might have come up with an idea and convinced someone of it and not be evident as a key player in the story of a project. And it's a bit of detective work to find all these things that are beyond the architect and behind the scenes. And I think that's a fascinating thing that you also look at that and recognize that. Yes, we are. As, as you explained, um, one of the most important things is who is go, go there? So we've got experts like you did for us. But we make sure the person not, does not go to his, his or her own country because then you'll be less objective when you go to your own country because you'll be under pressure for your, from your peers, from the people who know you. Uh, so we always send someone else from another country. Uh, we make sure that the person knows that domain, knows that um, that's a precarity of those projects. And then sometimes when necessary, we get second opinion. 
by others, by local people, to add to make sure that we have really um, looked at the project inside out. Thanks. I mean, I know that you spoke about inclusiveness and inclusive architecture and more recent cycles of the award have focused on themes like sustainability and environment and all of that. But I wonder to what extent history and heritage are still important in informing contemporary architecture related to the Muslim world from your point of view. Um, I should put it maybe this way, that you sometimes you are feeling as a citizen that you are in an alien uh, place, environment. This being alien or, on the other hand, you you go to places that there's a sense of belonging, that you do feel that you belong. It's very difficult to describe these in saying what are these elements, but it's just that feeling, but it's important. So um, there's there are sometimes that history is seen as nostalgia, and that is always proven that it's wrong. It is not a, a progressive way of doing things. You cannot fossilize places to be like what they what they were before. Architecture is never static. It changes. Maybe some people say that some of the modern people who are involved in modern architecture were trying to make things static that nobody touches as a piece of art. Their work, which I totally disagree, and. Uh, so that's how the the, uh, the essence is important of architecture. So that's where, like in daily life, like when you talk about language, sometimes you're talking a language, but you use um, old proverbs within your language, etc. It doesn't mean that you're an old person because you use that proverb. You're using the essence of that. You want to explain something deeply, and that is the best way to communicate that ideology. So in one can be inspired. What I'm saying is what is not good is, is if you just do a replica of what existed before, because whatever existed before was done for a very different, at a different time, for different reasons, with different technologies. And today you don't need to do the same, do it that way. You can do in an innovative way, something totally new. So here is what the notion of innovation becomes very important. Let me give you a small example. Um, I was fascinated some years ago in 2007 by a high-rise built in Singapore that the architects, they got inspired by a detail of having vertical, um, uh, horizontal, sorry, horizontal windows in a building, which is something which in these places which rains a lot, the monsoon, you know, you cannot have windows uh, who it's open because then the water comes in. But they had, in the traditional buildings, they had these kind of a horizontal window, which the air goes through, but the water doesn't come in. And they intelligently use that example in their high-rise. But in this way, they, it had an impact on the environment. They, they used less energy. It was very sustainable. Uh, they created with the laws, the plate, that you could, they could have more space because of the footprint of the room was smaller than the, with those extended um, windows, etc. So you can see that the inspiration was there. The result was not a replica of a house in a village in, in Singapore. No, but what it was, it was the same concept and how you can get inspired by that. So that is that that inspiration is the most important thing. It's not the replication. Thanks. Well, speaking of inspiration, I'm very interested to actually learn more about the projects that are winning next week. And if you could tell us a little bit about them and what makes them remarkable, that would be great. Um, this cycle... We have six winners out of 20. And as I, as I said, all the 20 are remarkable projects. Six are maybe, for some what reason or not, 
better than the other ones. And you can see this within these six projects, different approaches. There's one theme which came very strongly in this cycle was about the contemporary heritage. Because when we talk about heritage, we're always thinking that we should talk about 2,000 years ago, 1,000 years ago, 500 years ago. But we forget that we have had an immediate heritage. Our immediate past has also got very good examples of heritage. So um, this cycle, we, uh, we also we're talking about environmental issues. We have an airport, small airport, which is uh, built in an area that, which, which wants to promote this eco-tourism. So that re airport reflects the, the concept of eco-tourism. It's a green uh, airport, but it's been uh, inspired by the tradition, architecture traditions of its neighboring villages. So, as I said, but it's an airport that's as modern as building can be to be able to have the planes. Uh, you, we've got another project, which is a school in Senegal, built by a number of architects who went from Spain. And they went and they came up with the technology of how you use uh, mud brick, and earth, and with vaults, etc. Uh, there's a there are two projects in Indonesia, very different one from the other. One is building the safe havens for the Rohingya refugees in the refugee camps, and that has got its own. But how you can use, uh, I mean, how can you come up with participation from the community and to build their own houses, which is temporary. And as you know, there's nothing more. Uh, permanent and temporary, uh, especially when it comes to these projects. Uh, we have got another project, which is uh, for two architects, and I, that's where we have the notion of architects as agents of change, that the two people can go to their own city, to, to cities after education, smaller cities, and become an active part of the society, creating and teaching others how to do housing, and also public spaces help. The, the, this is where it makes a difference that the architect becomes an agent of change. It's not a passive act that they would only receive a project and technically they produce something. No, they become a part of creating that concept and doing it, the project. Um, we have two projects, which is um, about contemporary, what we call it immediate heritage, let's say. One is the project in Tehran, which was an old brewery, which was almost demolished. It, it, it's now been turned into a contemporary art center and museum, uh, using very well uh, um, new technologies, adding them to the structures which were dilapidated, immediate ones. And we have another project, which was a famous project by great architect Oskar Niemeyer in Lebanon, which it was never complete and finished. And now some parts of it have been rehabilitated and reused and adapted reused into workshops for carpenters, et cetera. So these are the six projects which have been selected for the Archon of Architecture 2022. Thanks. I remember reading an article a long time ago saying that the Aga Khan Award was the wisest program in architecture and that it celebrated substance over style, which I thought was a very beautiful way of describing it. And one of the things that I often think about is how do your awards have an impact and actually inspire others and change societies, especially in societies where the things you're talking about aren't often valued very highly, like community participation and green energy and all of that. I mean, can you comment a bit on that and, and what mechanisms do you use to have a, 
large impact? Um, I would be very uh, careful about using some of these te terminologies because, you know, sometimes, I mean, because of, you know, our time, it's like anything. Certain words become, you know, point like words of sustainability or climate. Yes, these are very important factors. They have to be considered, reviewed. It has always existed. It always existed. I mean, you go to the old Cairo or other places, you've got the houses, they had the problem of, of climate. And they came with solutions, which to just have it. It was not something which is done. Um, now we've come back because of it was a period of time that uh, human beings, they thought that this new technology which we have, it will be only technology, will be um, the answer to our questions. So ACs and et cetera came. But the whole thing is that how you can intelligently solve your problem, that is architecture. That it is an inter intelligent way of using resources, techniques, history, everything into a project. And uh, that is why that's, uh, as I said, I mean, when you see the example, sometimes maybe you not, you would like to have more example within the winners, that it represents uh, other innovative aspects. Well, one can say this architecture, as we want it or not, is something which goes with an image. It's just not the concept. And images sometimes can be decided that you don't see the real story within an image. And that's what Amen. I look at sometimes backwards and I look at the projects to say that, yes, I'm proud to put the skyscraper next to a slum and that is architecture. Okay, but how, what I'm interested in is how does the award ceremony and the recognition of these projects that are intelligent, how do these ideas and these notions and these approaches trickle down and influence more people, which presumably award one of the mandates of the award is to do? Well, each time by once we disseminate the projects, it comes in form of a book, or it's been, uh, let's say, these are at the end comes up in universities or some architect's desk. That is not enough. By having a public award ceremony, especially when it happens in each country, it becomes a, a, a big celebration of the state as a level of the country. Then this gives an opportunity for, for people to talk about architecture, and it gives an opportunity for the decision makers to understand the importance of architecture. In their daily lives, people are in power. They don't always think about the impact of architecture. So these ceremonies and these uh, the, the importance of these ceremonies are a way to, I will not say the word to uh, educate the clients, but some, somehow to at least tell them something else exists as well. Why don't you look elsewhere? For some solution and so you have a ceremony in each country where a project has won the award no 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 not at all we select the countries uh, by uh, actually we're going to try to go to as many countries as we can um we were looking at the first years especially for a, a city or, or, or that it represents a an important monument of architectural Muslim societies. Um, we, the first ones happened in Shalimar Gardens in Pakistan, in Topkapi Palace in Turkey, in, in the Citadel in, uh, in Cairo, on and on and on. And even we had a number of them in important contemporary buildings like the Petronas Towers, or in the, we had it in, the, um, in Qatar, in the Museum of Islamic Arts. So we go to different parts of the world. We try to be as change the continents each time to go to a new, new continent, new country. And uh, this is how it is. It's got nothing to do 
with which projects if from that country has won an award or not. This is a misunderstanding sometimes, which has happened, we're always confronted with. But you do have local celebrations in the award, in the countries or in places where, which have won an award in each cycle, don't you? Yes. After having the big celebration, international one, uh, because as I, I come back to the notion we said that we're giving the, the award to a project and not to a person. But pract- to be practical, when we give an award in the award ceremony, we can only invite two, three people who represent the clients and architects. But there are tens or hundreds of others who work on the project. They cannot all come to be awarded. So we go back to those countries. We go back to each of the countries of the project and we celebrate with the local authority at the highest level and the people themselves. And that is where the real recognition is given to every single person who has had uh, contributions to the project. And always we've noticed that that the impact of that is much more important because it's very relevant to people. So the media cover it, um, the, the immediate people who are uh, working with the project, they become aware, they become proud of it. And even sometimes, I mean, I'm not sure if I'm, there's a wishful thinking, but let's say if we've given it to a school, if the world, if we've given it to a hospital, if we've given it to a, a factory, those who are working in that side, they will take more care of their space because they say, oh, I'm working, I'm in a place which is that, I'm living in a house which is exceptional. And that gives us that being proud of to be where they are. It helps to, to better keep the building and the project. So it has an impact on many different levels. Yes, indeed. Well, I think my last question is probably the hardest. But one thing that I'd love to hear your thoughts on is how do you think members of the public can have a role to play in bettering their built environment? We are lucky that um, today, with the communication and the social media, etc., stories get better told, and they can be uh, shown again and again and again. Uh, before we didn't have that chance. And the other thing which we're very lucky living this time at this time in the world is that you can come complete your story. In the old days, you would go and make write a book, have an idea, and it would be static because one day it had to be printed and it goes on the shelf so when the information changes you cannot go and change the book but today uh, thanks to internet information can be updated all the time and therefore people are more aware of what's happening somewhere else in real time it's not something which is you know you you have been told that this was like that no and all these help in uh, disseminating the messages first of all one of the things we've learned is that films are one of the best ways to convey the story because each project has got a story and that story is a moving story. It changes. So films show much better than drawings and photographs, the process. And then additional information which comes from people adds to it because people say, that, oh, yes, you've done this project in, in uh, Yemen, but they did the same thing exactly, exactly in South America. So this kind of a understanding that the issues and projects are not um, only for a specific place. It is for everywhere. But the only thing is that each society or each people, they come with, with a different solution and a different approach to that problem. And the only thing is that how we can learn from these other the, uh, uh, the experience of the others. So you spoke about agents of change and agents for change. And I wonder... 
just thinking about what you're saying about social media and the ability to change things and add to them. Do you think that it's incumbent upon us all to try and bring about change by sharing images and projects that we think are great? Um, well, because of my age, I'm not into social media myself, so I don't know what the impact is. Uh, but what is important, I mean, social media, like anything else, has got this good size and bad size. Because sometimes something might go viral because of an interesting story of a second. What I like about some of the social media is that you put a story and your story is only there for, I don't know, a few minutes or a few days. So it means that you cannot put things for, there forever. It, what is actual is important. Uh, but at the same time, one has to be very careful. There is a very big problem for architecture through the social media because it's instant. The understanding in the, through social media is mostly instant. And, but the reality of a building is a long term. From the day that the idea this, you conceive a project in the minds of the people who want to do it, till this project is completed and in use, sometimes it takes 10 years, 20 years. That idea maybe is an old idea by the time that it's completed, which in certain cases is. So if we learn how to look a little bit further than what our, our immediate needs are, that's where we can have a better quality of architecture, which stays for a long time. So you're, think, you're saying don't judge in an instant, think about the future and what projects should do over the long term. Exactly. Thinking on, on the spot is, that's why we, that's again coming back, that's where you went to make sure that that idea, it was not only one moment, it continued and people have been using it and changing it. And that's important. Well, thank you very much, Farouk. It's been a fascinating conversation. Uh, you've shed so much light on the Aga Khan Award and the depth behind its thinking. And uh, I'm sure our audience will be very excited to find out more about the six projects that are receiving an award uh, a few days from now. Thank you very much. Thank you, Safe.